Welcome to Everything Comes Together. My name is Srinag and I'm an architectural photographer based in Chennai, India. My guest today is visual artist and graphic designer Sean Disa. On Everything Comes Together, I'll be speaking with people in the broader photography, architecture and design communities. Rather than only talking about their work, we will be talking about them. their personal journey the challenges they overcame and the most pivotal incidents in their lives that made them who they are today so now let's get to it every now and then you come across someone who has creativity just emanating off of them shawn is one such individual he's a visual artist graphic designer and a creative head of womama design in addition to building beautiful terrariums Sean talks passionately about keeping creativity functioning at a high level, running Womama with his friend and business partner Aneka Hoja, and how important it is to have a no ego club for artists. So, uh I grew up in this house where it was a mixed culture of my dad being a Mangalorean, mom being an Anglo-Indian. So, okay. I was called a Mango because <laughs> had both of them. Uh, you know, Dad was in the merchant navy and he used to sail for like 6 months on 6 months off so I always like enjoyed looking at his life and seeing the, all the places that he used to go to and I wanted to go on those adventures too and so happened that uh, he had to take me and mom and my sister and we used to travel you know the the world like I think till my 6th standard or something I never wrote my final exams okay so I mean I write my half yearly get good good marks and then get onto the ship go sailing go see all these beautiful places and then realize that dad didn't really enjoy to the aspect that i thought he was you know he was working he was a radio officer always like pushing gadgets fixing things and all that stuff and uh, i was this little kid who got to explore the ship so as far as what my dad was doing that was something that i wanted to do when i was growing up and i think i started engineering my life in terms of thinking that i would finally join become a sailor and join the merchant navy yeah. uh, but it so happened that you know towards my i did, did uh, science in 12th um I had maths physics chemistry and computer science which uh i uh, didn't do too well in maths so I wasn't so kicked about that um i moved on to um, you know planning to write my uh, exams for the merchant navy and then my mom said you know there's a long way in between you uh, joining the merchant navy and you know just sitting on your ass at home so why why don't you just go do something about your life and this is really interesting course that i found out my mom in fact told me about visual communication which i had no clue about okay and uh, that, that's where we met also yeah of course <laughs> and when did you find out about when did she tell you about visual communication um i think it was somewhere to the end of um, uh when my summer holidays had just begun and okay. i had no interest in doing anything but you know because i knew the merchant navy exams were like 8 months away or something So I was planning to just relax and have a good time and I think she didn't want me to be doing that so <laughs> and she figured that I was good at things like illustration yeah. and stuff so why not do something that is good and I don't recall to me people the parents at that time telling them to go and join the visual communication course not because all. nobody not had a clue all. clue of what yeah. it was So when you got introduced to Viscom how did you how did you react was this something that you were actively interested in or was it something you thought I myself had no clue what it was about until I started yeah. diving a little bit into it and checking it out online and I heard that other visual communication courses were about advertising and graphic design and anything that you want to pursue yeah. uh in terms of uh you know it could be photography be film filmmaking but you would have to go through a set foundation and then you know fi- finalize what you want to specialize in yeah so I had a vague idea I would say but not completely clued in as to what it was I don't think my mom knew either. She just wanted to keep it busy. I think most people knew. <laughs> yeah. It was all the way to the third year we never really knew what we were going to do. This was what 2002, yeah. right? So at, probably at that time was when people were really starting to find exactly. out what visual communication was all about. Yeah. So why don't you tell me about how it was in school because school is way which sort of makes and breaks a lot of things. Oh, right? definitely, yeah. So I mean, for me as well, I was told in school that I was a good artist. um which i realized i wasn't until i came to college right but um that at least puts you on the right track right w- was that how it was in school i think they, a lot, lot of us thought we were good artists and we met other good artists <laughs> in college 
No, but uh, I think in school what happened was, uh, so from my childhood, it's always been quite uh, fascinating to see my granddad, who was a very big inspiration in my life. And okay. he uh, was a fantastic athlete who represented India in the first Asian Games. He oh, wow. was a shunter in the, uh, in the Southern Railway, uh, you know, shovel coal, all that stuff. So this guy was was also an artist, and he used to draw a lot with charcoal and and and, and these big fat pencils. Yeah. So looking at all that stuff would really inspire me. He used to do these massive pieces, a lot of biblical stuff, a lot of uh, portraits of of Christ and stuff, and they would right. look fantastic. And I was so inspired by the way he would smudge things and like work the pencil and charcoal. So I so happened to get a small interest into into those things, into drawing. And I think all of them collectively encouraged me, right from my mom, my dad, my uh, grandparents and everybody encouraged me around. I think encouragement was something that actually pushed me yeah. towards doing things like entering competitions where you, you feel shy, you yeah. often shy away from these things, right? But it let me believe that I could do it. So yeah. I don't think I was very good to, to begin, begin with, but the in, constant encouragement makes, makes you feel like uh, you're going someplace. Yeah. So I think that's where it led up to the point of, you know, uh, doing cool things in school that were slightly art related and having an interest in, you know, science projects and those things. Mm. So, um, where did your granddad pick up all these things? I have no, no clue. clue. Did you get a chance to talk to him about it? Um, I think I was too young to ask him those philosophical sort of questions about yeah. where he picked up stuff from. But um, I think he just had a very keen interest in terms of, you know, uh, creating stuff like mm. you would find uh, somebody else's long trousers at home and cut it up and make short pants for me and that other person would come back looking for his pants it's one of those things <laughs> he was very creative with a needle or very creative to image with stitching or with drawing and just generally very creative mm. okay and did you did you start drawing early did you um, pick things up along the way or was it something that bloomed later on? Uh, I think I uh, was doing traditional drawing like you know coloring, uh, uh, drawing inking and coloring and stuff but yeah. then I later found out there was Photoshop 3.0 at some point when my dad bought <laughs> me a Yeah so it was really uh, I mean some old stuff right and um, I, I figured that you could I mean MS Paint was there before that but that yeah, didn't give me much I could yeah. draw but Felt like felt like something was missing. Yeah, drawing with a ball mouse is right, not easy. right. And then Photoshop three happened. I got a, got into a little bit of that, understanding how you can take photographs and manipulate them and all that stuff. And mm. then finally, Dad picked up uh, Intio's uh, tablet a, lo a long time after that, which I, I started playing with it a little right. bit. But this was more towards the twelfth and stuff like that. Okay. So after the 12th, you obviously move on to visual communication, yep. which of course is where um, we met, right? Yep. So what what did you, what was your what was your takeaway? What was your experience? Did you enjoy your time there? Um, I would say uh, for the most part of it that I listened in class, uh, I would have grasped something yeah. that I had to further go outside of the class and grasp more more, or more of yeah. it because it wasn't enough. Um, I really enjoyed meeting a uh, you know wide bunch of people with like different character traits and you know it's mostly that personality that would have, would have molded me to become a different person that I was from school yeah. because we were so in this bubble in school and once we got out of that and met these people yeah. and they all had this very different take on life and some of them are pretty aggressive about their attitudes and you know <laughs> about their belief systems yeah. and I think it kind of shook my belief system a little bit in terms of like I was I maybe been a little bit protected you know from school and then having to meet so many people who are totally different yeah. and you haven't studied 12 years with them but you just met them yeah. uh, I think all those things uh, you know, stirred up something in me to kind of go after other things apart from my own old beliefs that, yeah. you know, maybe were there in my family and stuff like that. So it expanded my mind to say meeting people. Yeah, and that sort of even uh, brings a new stage in your maturity as a person, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you as a creative person is just one aspect of it and exactly. then you meet other people and you deal with different people's attitudes it exactly. sort of moves you along like how, as how, well. How, how, how does the outside world mold someone's personality right? I think yeah. college was that for me. I can clearly say that my uh, friends in college have defined my personality, creative personality going forward. Yeah. And that was also where you really started to delve into freehand illustration and yep, stuff, yep. right? Yeah. Where did that take you? So the beginning of college always felt like, okay, I'm in college, I'm going to get a job after this. This is like a stepping stone to all of that. So what am I going to do? That, that uh, curiosity and hunger of like, 
you know, I've always been this person who needs to be on time for things. So it's all, I like to start early with things. So right. this became a little bit of an itch as to what I was going to do. And then I fell back on things that I was good at. I looked at my portfolio of what I presented. They were mostly, you know, pencil drawings and sketches and stuff like that. So mm. I said, since I'm, uh, I've been doing this and I, I don't see anything else that I, I can think of right now, let me start doing illustration. Yeah. So I started with doing stuff like freelance illustration where I was uh, doing work for, you know, small clients, doing work for some, some film related stuff. Yeah. And some of it would get rejected, some of it would, would, would get on my nerves because the client had so much of feedback. Yeah. Uh, so I got a taste of all of that. I got a taste of like getting paid. So it was gratifying and it was also like, you know, scary at the same time because I didn't believe I could be my own business. But and you were doing this on the side? I was doing this on the side here and there just to make, make some money because uh, yeah. my folks are very clear about one thing, you go make your own money. <laughs> we're not going to give you shit. Nice. Uh, we'll give you stuff to survive, uh, yeah. but we want you to understand that the real world, you need to make, make your own way in terms of uh, your career. So yeah. that, that, that I think stirred up the whole fact that I had to, you know, maybe do things that I enjoyed doing and see how I could make it a business. Yeah. I think illustration started like that. Uh, I printed some business cards. I got work through that, but uh, that that wasn't that wasn't it for me. It, yeah. I mean, it was a beginning of something, definitely. But that's a that's a good way to start. I yeah. mean, you don't have the pressure of having to earn a living yeah. because your parents are still supporting right. you while you are in college. Right. But there's a lot of anxiety also because yeah, but, somebody but, else is thinking about what your what the work you're going to give them and true. Yeah. But your primary focus is on just bettering yourself as well at yep. that point, right? Yeah. And um, in college, you did you um, did you go and intern under anyone? In at any point? college, I had um, met this guy Arjun Janikram, who okay. happens to be a friend of mine now. Okay. Uh, he would come come in to judge a, a cultural event, and he started mm -hmm. talking about comics. And the next thing you knew, I was talking to him about comics, and uh, we uh, he called me over for an internship in, in, in to be an illustrator in his firm. And I think I was going there almost every day for about eight months, six okay. to eight months. And I learned a lot at the agency. It was called Matter Most Urgent, MMU Communications. Yeah. And uh, did quite a bit of uh, interesting work over there. And I got a bit of a foundation over there. And then you did mostly illustration or design? Uh, mostly illustration. I got to dabble with, uh, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator a little bit more. Although right. I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. Uh, I started to practice stuff by, by, by about then. Okay. And uh, at this point as well, I think you started to do a bit more work in advertising as well, right? Oh yeah, I think uh, around that time, the same time of this uh, Matter Most Urgent uh, MMU Communications Internship, I started yeah. doing work for like brands like the Taj, Roshan Lals. Like they were little, they weren't giving me the big work. They were giving me tidbits because I wasn't capable of handling a client end to end. Yeah, those are uh, pretty big yeah. clients. So I, I, I mean, I was working on that. And I think I moved on to my next internship the next year to to JWT, where I started to do some 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 real work. Right. I felt like it was getting out. I did some work for Ford Endeavor, some small, small bits of work. Again, it wasn't entrusted fully, yeah. but I got to work on stuff over there. And okay. that felt like a little larger agency setup. And I got an understanding of how, you know, the different wheels are in motion within an agency, sure. at least. Yeah. yeah. And um, was what was it like being, I assume MMU was a smaller yeah. firm, right? It was a small outfit. JWT is huge. Yeah. So what was it like being a smaller fish in a much bigger pond in JWT? Was your JWT? You I, was, I, was an, I was an intern. Okay, so, right, of course. <laughs> uh, bottom of the pile kind of thing. No, but uh, okay. people were good. People were very encouraging. I mean, uh, my uh, creative director at that point, Juno Simon, was. He told me it's, this, this shit is not for me. Okay. This stuff is not for you, dude. Uh, you better come back with some cool work or I'm not taking you into the, into the agency. Wow. So it was like that kind of thing. I was like, yeah. damn, this is my life. <laughs> you yeah. know, put a big chip on my head now to go and do something. Right. And uh, at the same time, there were other people like this other guy, Ratish Subramaniam, who was also an art director, creative director in, in Bangalore. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was very encouraging. There were a lot of people around me who were encouraging. So I think uh, encouragement is like a massive thing in the creative industry. If people keep uh, shooting down your ideas, making you feel really small, uh, it's very hard for you to, to, to come up and explain yourself, right? It motivates you. If, if yeah. people encourage you and choose the right kind of uh, words to, 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 to use around you in, in terms of like, you know, pushing you forward to come up with a great idea, I think that's, that's a great thing to do. Yeah. And that would also push you forward when you're being, um, when it was, you get negative feedback. Exactly. It, you it, it works either way. So if it's a yeah. client working with you, you're going to yeah. expect them to give you words of encouragement and 
you know in order to problem solve yeah. rather than uh, this work look works look uh, work looks uh, pretty bad man i don't i don't like it yeah, i don't yeah, like yeah. it means uh, it's an it's it's over there right as Correct. opposed to uh, something more progressive in terms of like uh, trying to see if there's a, going to be a positive outcome because of my positive relationship with you that sort mm. of thing yeah and okay so what did you do after college when once we once we graduated from visual communications where did you head off so after viscom i was pretty clueless as to what i was going to do because the second internship was juno telling me dude you're not you're not, for this. you're not made for advertising so i, I was actually thinking that i you know advertising is not my cup of tea and i kind of thought that i wanted to do something else but i never yeah. knew what that was i knew it had to be something with illustration and design but i didn't know if i was good enough for it yeah. and uh, you know there were It was just me and Anek Ahuja, this other friend of mine, who's my business partner right now. Yeah. Both of us were hanging out a lot, and uh, I was evading in, uh, interviews. I was dressing up for interviews from ho- home, going to Anek's house, and we were chilling. Uh, and we were not even ha- going for the. Interview. Yeah, we were we were grabbing beers by the coast. We were doing <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'd pick him up on the bike, take him. We'd go to uh, you know go grab a beer, go sit by the east coast. We'd be talking these big plans. and i don't think i did took up most of the interviews because i didn't feel like it was for me i took i had some advertising interviews mm. uh, with agencies but i i was a bad guy who didn't turn up for the interviews so i feel really shitty about that wow yeah okay. and so eventually um, you know anek got a job with design garage and i was left like i don't have anybody to hang out with nobody to go to the coast with all that stuff right. and i started seriously thinking about what to do when uh, this other friend of mine from college this guy called abhishek jayaprakash also a fantastic designer yeah. He yeah. taught me a lot of stuff as well in design. He told me, "Dude, you better come and join uh, this company that you'll be perfectly fitted for. The company is called Graph, and where, where he was working, Graph dealt with the uh, design and uh, publishing, and it was run by this uh, by these two people, Bharat Ramaratnam and Monica Gurde. They were both photographers. Bharat was a uh, architectural uh, photographer, yeah. you must know, and yeah. Monica was a fashion photographer. So." I I joined them and they were very happy to you know take me in with all my uh uh mind that wasn't made up and still they nurtured me and they got me to where I am right now. So, so that sort of put you on the track. Of course man I think I, I was very happy when I finally realized that you know this is my space. Yeah. I just needed to see it. Uh, it wasn't uh, pure advertising it was more of design. Yeah. And uh, you know when you're dealing with the architecture and stuff it, it is serious design it's not like some Uh, let's do design for the heck of it. It's it's like it's aesthetic stuff. You have to please an architect when you're doing it. So yeah, I think it was a great uh, foot to get off on to start with. And you would have made made a lot of contacts as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Worked yeah. in some good clients also. Bharat and Bharat had some really good clients. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do after you um, you after Graph when you left Graph? You've been there for some time. Yeah, with the... your contacts. and you're at least now on the right path right. right i wouldn't say built my contacts because a lot of the clients were very far away so sure. I, mostly the understanding of uh, you know how to deal with clients i think i got a little bit of experience in terms of an all round thing as being an art director mm. you know like how to work with the photographer how to work on design all that stuff and uh, i think the feeling was a little bit confident but you know at that point i did want to study so again anek ahuja and i had planned to study in in australia Uh, yeah. This University of Monash and uh, design course. Uh, we applied to quite a few, and we realized they were very expensive. And it so happened that we didn't have enough money to meet Monash. And at that point, we thought, do we want to be, uh, you know, studying, or do we want to start building an empire right away? I so love that, the empire. That, 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 was, that was that was a that was another itch, right? Yeah. It was always there. That entrepreneurial mindset was always there, I guess. And uh, it so happened that you know, uh, I was still in talks with my boss about. about stuff about you know about the education and at that point anek and i had gone out for a ride some place and uh, we spoke about starting a company and mm. we had this burger and the burger was called a womama <laughs> okay this was okay. a place that place that closed down a long time ago called galloping gooseberries uh, they had a burger it. called the womama yeah yeah okay and the womama was uh, the burger with everything in it so okay. we were like a little bit excited about that whole fact sipping our beer by the east coast no cops around nothing and i just draw the logo i draw four circles in the sand and i raise bits and pieces and becomes a womama logo okay right and uh, from there we were just so excited that i go back and i design the logo and we have quit our jobs and everything and we uh, start up office with uh, a small space on college road which is on anex terrace like okay. a kind of an attic uh, kind of space cute cozy office 
and both of us started as just independent designers under one label. So that was Boomama in the beginning. Okay, and uh, obviously things uh, changed from there. You started with just the two of you. Just the two of us, yeah. And then slowly after a year, we hired one person. Okay. And during that time, it was cool, man. There was no responsibility. There were yeah. no, no kids, no no wives, nothing. So we were like uh, two guys, make some money and just disappear and go to Goa, go go places lavishly like spend all that money like two kids from from school yeah. you know one of those things uh, and there was no like no responsibility i would say mm. in in the beginning and then slowly it caught on that you know why are we running this uh, this other friend of ours, Nishant, who also happened to, happen to be part of the initial uh, company uh, as a writer. Mm. So Nishant was like, uh, you know Nishant from Yeah, Kaur. of course. So, so Nishant was yeah. uh, like, dude, why are you guys you know, doing the separate thing where you're doing print design, he's doing web design and you're making your own money. Why don't you just do it under one banner, under one bank account? So then we started to get a little bit more serious about the fact that it's turning into a company and we have to start thinking about stuff. Rather than two guys just working exactly. together, make it a partnership. Exactly. I do a branding job, I've made, made yeah. a chunk. He's done a web job, he's made a chunk. Yeah. Hey, let's go party. So one of those things. I got more money than you. So at this point, was the Wo Mama brand already in place? Ah, the Wo Mama brand was in place, yeah. Okay, and how did you come up with... Um, I mean, I know yeah. it came from the name of the burger, right? right? So at that point you started building your brand, started working on independently right. so, and then now of course the roles have shifted between you and uh, Ane, right, right? right? So what brought on that shift, the fact that you had to formalize a partnership almost? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, to start about the, just go through the Womama thing, uh, it was definitely inspired by the burger, but the whole aspect of the fact that we wanted clients that are not just from here, clients to understand this whole attitude of uh, Womama being anything that is wow and anything of wonder. So right. that was the kind of attitude we went with. And in the beginning, both Anek and I were both graphic designers. Mm. So, um, as I said, he would do web, I would do print and it was just that design equation that was happening. But I think one part we started losing out on was the fact that we had to become good business development people and good uh, bookkeepers and all that sort of stuff, right? So slowly over the years, Anek had to kind of ditch his whole uh, design uh, you know, space and move into that space because I wasn't the one to do it. And he yeah. definitely, definitely had a better business mind for stuff. And he's definitely the very, very cool person in between the two of us. You know, like I yeah. would probably flare up and get irritated about stuff uh, in terms of you know feedback. These are the earlier, earlier years. I think I've learned to deal with that stuff now a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, him with his design experience, becoming that business head kind of person, also helped a lot because he's uh, someone who could have met someone and spoken about design, and you know, not just uh, from some uh, some vague idea but he had actual experience in design yeah yeah so it was it was good in that aspect people wanted to speak with us so he's a he's a designer who has that business mindset exactly. as well so so he could defend me yeah <laughs> yeah but that's also very important i think we talked about this earlier yeah. about plugging the the weaknesses of the other person exactly right? so you you have your shortcomings he has his shortcomings exactly. and then you guys so a good cop and bad cop that's yeah. how that's how we have to play it right yeah, play to yeah, our strengths yeah. uh, and uh, uh, as i said i I'm, I'm the one who used to probably get probably very attached to the work in the in the, in the early years yeah. and he would have a nice way of pacifying and putting it across to the client and I, I over time i've learned from that you know like yeah. i've not been that stagnant person who's like egotistically stuck to uh, the gra the graphic design it's, it's it's not art it's graphic design the Great. end purpose yeah. is to solve a problem so over the years you kind of it kind of got to a point where i've gotten over that whole thing where it's my work and this is the way to for it to be done and stuff no it's 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 to serve an end purpose yeah. and it's no longer it's not art so yeah. i said i've separated art from design and yeah. i've learned a lot of that because of him okay so what are the current roles between the two of you Okay, so I am the creative head of the agency Okay. Uh, in which I see to all stuff right from uh, copy to design, uh, content, everything um, but mostly on the design front of things um, everything from shoots, all that stuff is taken care of by me, me. Uh, Anik mostly handles uh, all the business coming in yeah. um, he deals with clients on a, on, on a bigger front of things while I, de I deal with them creatively um, he keeps the books in place, which yeah. is a very big thing. Very big. <laughs> and thing. he has to make sure that all these 25 people out here, their salaries are met. Which so now is like, you're up to 25. Yeah, up to 25 people. So 
that's a pretty big team to have to manage right in so in the current time yes <laughs> yeah i mean especially the current time but um how and 25 creative people in one space i mean the energy is 22 creative people okay yeah, 23 22 23 creative people in one single space where all of you are bouncing off each other right? yeah so how do you keep the energy up i mean it must be a it must be an interesting challenge to have to right make sure people are functioning at that optimum level of creativity and efficiency right right so how do you make that work that's an interesting one so it's a game of uh, monkey see monkey do kind of thing right uh, that's kind of uh, a culture we've been nurturing over here so i think throughout from the big inception of bomama we've had other stuff apart from just the the more on the craft end of things apart from just doing design or you know creating stuff on the computer mm. it's been that stuff you do with your hands like from screen printing to uh, to to painting something or to to doing stop motion you know just playing with the other mediums that don't confine you to the computer that has become yeah. a practice um so i think also I'm this kind of very restless person who doesn't want to sit quietly all is always doing something and I think over a period of time me doing those things have inspired other people and other people have started to do, do those things so the culture is picked up in such a way where it's not it's not me who is uh, the spirit of this restlessness in Bombay anymore definitely uh, it's it's everybody so the motto of the company is uh, live restless die rested so if you live a very restless life and achieve many things can you die a very happy man you know one of those things <laughs> yeah. so I think everybody is taken to uh, even like proactively coming up like the art directors around here all of them have taken up to you know basically do sessions within the company which teach people a skill set that they have so we have these wednesday sessions we have these friday sessions where they may be paper mache painting clay modeling all that stuff happens so i think that keeps the energy up a lot work with your hands as work well work with your hands because it kind of stimulates your mind and yeah. it doesn't make you feel uh, you know creatively anxious about that you have not achieved something in the day yeah. even if you've done a piece of design that is a little bit dull and a little bit uh, required to be that way uh, you know you have other outlets yeah and that's that saved me from the whole fact of being too attached to my work as well yeah and it's also nice to bring in people to talk about stuff that exactly infuses something exactly new. and you get to know people better within the agency so i think the the agency is so become, this is uh, within the organization or you bring people in no this outside? is within the organization as well as we we bring in other people also oh nice but okay. specifically two people in the organization so the family gets to know each other a lot better and right. start you know like breaking those walls and utilizing each other's skill sets better yeah and Uh, so right now, when within the organization, within these twenty-five people who are here, um, obviously over these years, you also must have um, uh, enabled a lot of the other people within the company to take their own responsibilities, right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, so. My creative director Ashwin Mohan, he's a like a shining example of that. He, I mean, he he came in when maybe about uh, he's been here for seven years. Yeah, he's been here for quite a while. So he came in with this very thing of I wanted to do good design. Yeah. Uh, I identified you guys as people who do good design, and I think he stuck by those guns of you know being hungry for work. And uh, right now he's creative director only for that reason that he's been so hungry and he does fantastic work yeah. on based on that hunger. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think giving him responsibilities also and like freely letting him take charge of stuff has made him a very confident person in terms of what he does, and it shows in his work. and yeah. he's able to defend that work only because he's confident about it and i think that that's all been nurtured through the way we deal with people over here we don't uh, we don't have them on a tight leash we want them to roam freely and we want you know, them unleashed yeah you want them unleashed because yeah. and you want them to play more than actually like sit and work well the current time i can't account for but you know generally within this uh, ecosystem where when it's buzzing with people we we want them to have more of a fun play time so when they sit down and work it's it's a little bit more uh exciting for them to bring the experiences to the table yeah so let let's just change tracks just a little bit so you talk about the team and then how you guys actually started up yeah um how did you come across the breaks that you know pushed you really propelled you guys forward because i think everyone who starts a business is waiting for that break and working towards getting a big break that takes them to the next level right so how did that Okay. How did that happen? I it's very hard a question. There's lots of I mean almost every client feels like a break. <laughs> But to account for the earlier years, I I would think that you know we started out as this company that was just 
doing a we had a really cool funky website at that time which was a little bit of a daring thing in flash we did and um, you still have a pretty funky website right? yeah but that time it was o- overly was, funky I, mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't go to that agency but you know people were excited <laughs> by the fact that there yeah. is dudes out there who are different and they're not projecting themselves in a the traditional way yeah. and a smaller agency means more attention to detail yeah. by the main people so i think that's the kind of identity we built up in the beginning where you know we met people in bars we spoke to them freely gave them a good vibe and i think a lot of our work picked up organically from meeting people and you know we did a lot of work for design festivals i mean sorry, not design festivals for music festivals for bars and you know like all those small projects in the beginning kind of went around by word of mouth that these guys are really good designers and you know easy to work with and they get get a good output and then we did some work for nally and ashok leland uh, which were, i think were very big milestones for us because for well established yeah ashok leland we did this uh, coffee table book which is 250 pages and i worked with uh, mr mutaya on it also s mutaya oh okay so i mean that was a, g- a great experience um nally's website was a good experience because then we got to do a bigger brand Yeah. Uh, local b- bigger brand so i think all those things were stepping stones to getting bigger work eventually yeah see i've known you now for what now 2002 right so it's like 18 years yeah. right so and since the beginning i've obviously been seeing the kind of work that you guys have been doing and like you said that initially you you'd met a lot of people through these music festivals yeah. and performances and uh, i think you did even bay 14 bay 146 bay 146 So that's one type of a market. Right. And then you get a very traditional company like Nally. Right. Very, you know, very expectations are different, yeah. Yeah, totally. And even like Ashok Leyland is such a well-established old brand. Yeah. I think that is where that diversity in the kind of work that you guys were putting out that right. was quite interesting for right. me to see from the outside. Right. Um and that must have also made a variety of people think that okay these guys can deliver whatever kind of work exactly. that that we need so that's something we were going after shinag in the beginning yeah. so we want 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 our portfolio to have this um uh, this this very young attitude that i can do all this cool work for your music festival for your bar for for any cool space yeah. and totally go into this aspect of it can be very mature at the same time it can do a uh, coffee table book for a old brand like ashok leland sure so yeah. we we definitely still have that diversity right now because uh, it's very subjective thing right you can get anybody and make anybody's work interesting it's just a question of uh, what do you do for that person so mm. that that's how it's become uh, a lot of people join our company thinking that they all going to do just this cool bar work and stuff like that it's not always like that yeah uh, a lot of the bar work is also to give them the chance to do something crazy uh, you know without any anything any any locks on the doors just do what you want and it can it can move into a great concept yeah but there's certain boundaries that you will hit while working within well established brand that you have to adhere to so yeah and i think um, one thing that i've uh, again seen i mean anek isn't here to yeah. uh, talk on his behalf but what what's your take suppose for anyone who is starting off right now and getting out of college right you guys have made it work as a partnership right right so would you advocate for everyone to partner up or hell, do you think that works with hell yeah i yeah. mean i don't know if it's just me who would be incapable of doing it all by myself but i can be very honest that uh i would probably survive as a freelancer but not as i i couldn't be this one guy running this company that's for sure yeah. there's no possible way in hell that i could have done it without the second person and uh second person being anek in particular right because yeah. of because of our kind of uh, equation that we've got going on um there's never been any doubt floating around that you know i'm am i not sure about this person even even at this time right it's always been it's been so relaxed because you have complete faith in the other person's abilities um and there's always two of us to help push each other to you know if the other person is slightly going off track can you push him towards it's always been that synergy happening you keep each other in check e- exactly well. the synergy is very important because you can get burnt out after a few years of this business it's very very uh, toxic i would say you know it's yeah. not it's not it's not glamorous as it seems it's it's quite a rough thing and in having having your mind yeah having your mind in creative while somebody's mind is in business is a fanta- fantastic thing and i think it's a perfect equation for any young person who's starting a brand um, in fact one of our directors rajiv had left to go to uh, bangalore and he's also planning to start his own agency okay. and we, i i was in fact telling him the same thing dude you got to find somebody who can run with you 
and is willing to do the path that you don't want to do because how else are you going to enjoy your life with a creative person yeah you stay on the creative side and i think we talked about this little bit earlier on where one person plugs the other one's weaknesses yeah so and then you're a more yeah like unit. like for example uh, you know there's not always that i can be attending to many things sometimes i may not be available and you know anik steps in over there and he even writes things like scripts and uh, both of us work together on brand strategy and stuff like that so he comes in in a big way in design still but it's uh, not on an executional level so much it's more an ideation and concept, concept yeah. level yeah yeah which is very very important to me i need that i need him you need to bounce it off i was saying anik i met many years ago for these things yeah, so it's important yeah, yeah. for me yeah and how how does he take, <laughs> how does he take the shift Uh, sometimes he'll tell me it's it's your job <laughs> just to put me in the shit right no but he is good man as yeah. in like I, I as i said you need to have uh some kind of equation with somebody to run it otherwise you feel very lonely yeah. uh if um, i think the times when i have to make big decisions and anek is probably in the us i'm like so much nicer when there's two around for certain things yeah, yeah. because it's just bouncing it off somebody who's you know of your caliber it's just easy yeah we've talked about the business we've talked yep. about the team managing people keeping everyone's creative energy up how do we how do you keep your creative energy <laughs> up so what do you what do you need to do what's your little trick live restless die rested <laughs> same thing exactly dude. how live do you live that so i think restlessness is something that's been handed down for me from uh, i think grandfather mother Uh, even my father is restless so my mom is married a restless man right obviously mm. so that, that that's the dna and uh, i think uh, that will eventually be my demise also being extra restless when i'm too old um, but coming back to you know how i use that for me it's all about uh, you know i think it's escaping something to do something more fun and then come back to that thing that's how it's been with graphic design it's never been a moment quiet moment in the office where I'm at 8 hours probably doing it maybe now it's slightly different from how it was but it's always been a question of playing and gratifying myself with something that I enjoy doing and then coming back to something that's a challenge and then overcoming that challenge so I uh, this other thing with uh, you might have seen the terrariums all around the office probably yeah. in the frame so the terrariums also started out as a very uh, you know small thing where I was dabbling with picking up plants from the side of the pavement and throwing them into little test tubes just to see how they would grow over time but where i don't know okay wait you you pick up plants <laughs> from the pavement have you done that before no i i used so to so why did you what I, made you even get a test tube and put a plant in it i don't know man I, maybe i was just walking with my head down looking at the ground but i saw these plants right right and i, I mean i just wanted to see how they would grow in mm. in like small spaces so like alcohol bottles were like a lot right like yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so i filled them with a little bit of mud and this other artist friend of mine called Joyston he he comes and mentions to me dude do you know that these things that you are making are actually called terrariums and he called them terrariums at that point and they're on uh, they're on this pinterest site right so when i opened pinterest and like oh, there's some there's so there's so open the gates up you know yeah. the garden opened up to me like and i think then i started like looking into how how could i sustain something like that so there were uh, failed experiments there were positive experiments and some lasted for a very long time for 3 or 4 years and you know some some of them are still going on for a really long time but it all happened because i kind of gotten to the i i found out what it was and found out how what some of these people were doing and gotten to the research of what are my different layers why is there certain layers of carbon to mm. keep the things fresh so all these things of science came into the stuff and now uh, it's become a release system for me during work to probably just go bash a terrarium out and make one you know make one in bits and pieces through the day so i have this other little thing to do uh yeah. of the terrarium is done i'm probably trying to do something else where i'm cutting out stuff and making a collage or you know or open up an old art file in between or do two logos at the same time just to keep my restlessness oh, wow. running okay <laughs> because you really uh, your brain starts sparking you know the yeah. whole endorphin rush gets pushed when you're uh, trying to do too much at the same time and you're like yeah uh, this jack of many trades sorry what was it jack of all trades jack of all of jack of all trades master of none i totally believe in being the jack of all trades because even in our business in today's date you have to do more than just sit and do graphic design you have to yeah. be an art director at a shoot uh, you have to place a product you have to uh, you know illustrate you have to you have to do everything man right right from running to the print shop which wasn't a graphic designer's job back in the day sure so I guess uh, running after many rabbits is very good in that I, light. Yeah. 
no nah, like the rabbits <laughs> but no but also that i can i can see that restlessness and right. obviously walking around your office there are terrariums everywhere i think in the back of shot there is what yeah. four there four, four more over here yeah um and that also points to a, a great interest in nature right oh so, totally yeah and that seems to be also what your instagram is full of yeah, yeah. so i i think again inspiration for design mm. in, in the very uh, beginning has been like everything that you do is always found in nature there's nothing that you can create that hasn't already been created uh, you know right from if you cut a tree ring in half you see you see the layers of rings and there's concentric circles and it's all covered in graphic design possibly everything that we see and imagine is covered in, in design as well right mm. so for me apart from it just being a very good inspiration for design it's just been a place of solitude to be alone in nature just like in in a quiet space where there's nobody around where there's a little kick of a bird or you know small sounds like that to take a nice long trek into some place wet and yeah. and hilly and you know get into a fog and just just just, just feel all those forces is something very important to me yeah. it's kind of more a spiritual feeling that i i need to do it every now and then for a recharge I need to go on these moss runs where I pick up moss and small plants that come back and deposit it. So all these things are actually from the forest most of the stuff. Okay. Uh I don't don't like buying plants and putting them in. Mm. So I just have this great sense of belonging when I'm like climbing a tree or you know sitting under a waterfall and doing something very very savage to put it. Yeah. That that is uh, expect, expected of us but we yeah. you know built ourselves these buildings and put ourselves in these chairs. So I guess that's also where the name comes from. Yeah, savage totally terrariums. savage terrariums where things are not from urban nature but from you know from the forest itself. Interesting because the way I see it as well for you is that you spend all your time being creative in something or the other and then you get your solitude and your recharge from nature where you're alone right but then you bring the solitude and the nature and everything that you pick up from there the plants and right. then you bring it back right. to being creative <laughs> with the terrarium it's like uh, speaking of it's like fortress of solitude superman yeah, yeah, yeah. where he collects things superman yeah. collects things and bring it brings it to one place it yeah. feels like no so um, uh for me i i figured out that i i like doing certain things like i like nature i like design and what has become that uh catalyst in between the two that that makes everything happen is my motorcycle i have a big love yeah. for bikes so i have a biking group and we all, we all head out into the hills and stuff where i take a little bit of detour and do all this stuff all by myself sometimes yeah uh so i i really figure that my 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 true love for things is like manifesting in my work right from uh you know clients wanting to me to build them a massive terrarium or like i just came back couple of days i came back from an art direction shoot in which uh i had done something for a photographer which involved uh mimicking nature mm. on a studio scale uh so and even the motorcycle stuff having sorry yeah. you you built terrariums for it, other people as well well, well i i built terrariums for clients who asked for it but okay. uh, this shoot that i went for it was to totally ape nature in a studio setting okay i can't talk too much more about it no, but no, no, yeah no no that's why <laughs> i wait for it to come wait, out i, I had to yeah. be out soon uh but that was a great experience and um also uh you know so this whole love for motorcycles has been a very big thing for me in my life and i uh, started off from when i was a kid my uncles riding esds all that stuff mm. and so happens that you know i got into the whole craze of it and biking to the hills and you know packing all your stuff and riding through the hills alone that nice sense of adventure uh bringing back the moss putting it in the terrain so it all became part of a bigger bigger thing for me yeah. and uh, even this interest for bikes and creating art for bikes has got caught the attention of like you know Royal Enfield where uh, Siddharth Lal from Royal Enfield got in touch with me and asked me uh, you know can can you do something for us and to meet up with people from Royal Enfield so a relationship built from there as well because i had done an installation with the Royal Enfield in Nabah okay so it was a bull called a bullet on a wall just a whole bullet cut cross section yeah it was okay, a cross okay, okay, okay. complete enfield cut sliced Uh, which is a very good experience again mm. so everything that i love has been manifesting in my work in some way yeah. and that's been keeping me happy i guess i can i can i can see that and um, with all this restlessness you must have to keep yourself in good shape to be able to climb up the hill yeah. and then keep doing this right <laughs> i think that's Yeah. So, when you talk about that, because yeah. a lot of people overlook the physical side. Yeah. So, right? Sina, I believe in one very important thing that you know, you, you, every human being needs to move, 
right yeah. right from the time you're a child and you know you uh, like i have kids so i see them basically they don't run around in the evening they're very cranky towards bedtime yeah. and i have the same crank crankiness about me right okay. uh, if i don't run if i don't climb a tree if i don't work out there's nothing being stimulated here for me it's just an, uh, something built up that i can't explain mm. uh, there's no i need that hard spent time to uh, you know a hard work put in for that endorphin rush it can't be easily given to me yeah. which is why now i'm cutting off sugar and stuff like that because i, I want it to be uh, hard work to reach that endorphin rush chocolate cake is easy endorphin rush yeah. right, immediately so yeah. i'm trying to like uh, like like reset reboot my system in, in terms of that because it really works for me yeah. uh, and i can see that the days that i spend time doing my monkey stuff or exercise and all that stuff it so happens that the the following week is just a blessed week in terms of work so yeah. i thoroughly believe in it i totally like put it out there for everybody that it's an important thing in in a person's life especially if they're doing a sedentary job like sitting in a chair and yeah. working yeah get physical and yeah. it wakes your brain it up. wakes your brain up yeah yeah um one more thing that i noticed every time i talk to you is the importance you give to just talking with other people with other creative people and building those relationships right and um, also collaborating right it doesn't every collaboration is not an assignment not a project right yeah but you actively try to talk to creative people and build those relationships and then you know bounce off each other correct let's so. why don't you just talk a little bit about that because i feel that that's something that I as well talk about and don't end up doing. It's only now that I'm doing these interviews that I end up talking to other creative got it, got people it, in it. person. So, uh, creative people in the city, uh, I think I know a lot of them, but on different accounts where I think everyone wants to meet each other, but they don't end up meeting. Yeah. Okay. That. Uh, but I so happen to enjoy spending more time hanging out with actual creative people uh, who who are always got something interesting to talk about. or ideas to bounce off and that becomes a more important uh, engagement for me as opposed to just sitting around uh, having drinks and talking about what you did in school you know yeah. so it's always been a way forward for me and bo mama and in terms of what how can i do cool stuff by collaborating with cool people who you know all of us share the same ideologies yeah so most of my time is spent hanging out with the uh you know lots of art friends like madhavan palnisami radha ratti uh, joystin bhai a lot of these other people that i hang out with okunal daswani we all get together just to you know like have a good time but you know there's something at the back of your head that everybody enjoys this particular thing and which is why we hang out together yeah. even if and even if we share a drink yeah. there's always this thing that we want to do things together we want to collaborate together and i think that's a very good thing with the community that's what keeps people close like yeah. uh, i people have built up too many walls around us in in chennai itself where absolutely you know there's no there shouldn't be any degree separating us like i have no problem talking to some someone who's just fresh out of the bucket with the uh, uh, just out of college talking about his visual communication stuff uh, but there should be this no ego involved in the stuff yeah uh, i'm proposing a no ego club yeah and that's what Sounds i tell like yeah fun thing <clears throat> we are part of Yeah, the no ego club, right? Yeah, where yeah. everyone acknowledges the fact that you know we're all on the same plane and just come together to discuss freely about your stuff. So I think that's missing in Chennai, and maybe we should do it. Maybe you can do it through all these interviews. I think that's just a good pass thing. the no ego club. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll design something. I get introduced to someone through you. Someone right. else introduces me to more people. Everyone's network grows, yeah. but I think it's the network of, of people who are willing to share. Exactly. the the point of doing these interviews is for you to lay yourself out yeah and everyone and uh, someone who watches it gains inspiration from some part of this conversation right and i think um, this is i guess a good start to the no ego club yeah. from my end yeah you guys already have a, a bit of a starting <laughs> person right yeah um let's just talk about one last thing i think yeah. this has been really productive i would say The one last thing is, how much do you feel like all the work that you have put in to build the brand, you right. and Anik and the whole team, and also to build yourself and your own personal creative projects, right? How much of that would you attribute to being in the right place at the right time and putting yourself there and luck? And how much of that would be just pure dogged hard work? I would believe a most part of it is hard work okay. right you really uh, 
do in the, in the early years, I would say we worked a lot to uh, just get great work into our portfolio. Nothing would come free. Uh, so it was putting hard work and soul into something that wasn't paying you jack shit, right? Yeah. Just to, just to just to get that work in your portfolio, and people knew that they would exploit it, right? And they continue to do it uh, even till today. But we don't give into those things anymore because we don't need it. Uh, but that was a very important thing: hard work. Uh, also, being in the right place at the right time. I would agree because, I mean, Anik and me would be like having a drink in the bar, probably like quite a few rums down or something like that. And we'll meet somebody. And we'll have this very, uh, you know, informal conversation, and and shit will just fly, man. I mean, like we just get get talking about each other's what what we do, and eventually that somebody will have a business and want to do something really crazy and something different, and says, I like your personalities because you guys are loose and you're like able to talk about this stuff, and yeah. that, that that click is very important. Because you don't want to be uh, extra formal about somebody, you want to be totally honest with sometimes. Yeah. If you've already broken that one wall, it's so much easier. So. I think Anik and I found that being at the right place in the right time was usually in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Because you'd have uh, owners of businesses over there. Right. And if you were just to uh, rub shoulders at the right time, sometimes things click. And all they need to know is that somebody else comes in and says, hey, have you met uh, Sean? Man, he runs this kick ass agency called Bomama Design. And the next thing you know, that's that's happened. And the same thing happened with uh, Sid Lal from Royal Enfield. Yeah. Like uh, Kunal Daswani is a photographer. Uh, you know, they were talking about me at uh, at a bar, and Sid heard about it. And he heard about the. He's also seen the bullet on the wall thing. Yeah. So immediately it clicked, and that's how he got in touch with me. So it's 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 just about also uh, having these good friends also. You know. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> in the right places at the right time. See, someone would see it on the outside, and then. Say that they just happened to be at a bar and then they ended up meeting someone and that provided them an outlet right. to a whole lot right. of other work. But if you guys are consciously looking at the fact that you you do go to certain places where you end up having conversations yeah. with people, that's putting yourself in the right place at the right time. It's not purely coincidence. I should keep doing it because I've stopped doing that. <laughs> Anik does it a lot though. Uh, yeah, but I think uh, you end up also... I'm digging in the mud during that time. <laughs> yeah, but that, that gets your creative juices yeah, flowing, yeah. right? So he's a business guy, right? He gotta go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's business development there. Yeah. Okay, great. I think this has been pretty good. I, good talking to you, man. You know, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Sean. Thank you. To watch this and other episodes of the show, please subscribe to Srinath Pictures on YouTube or you can listen to the audio podcast by subscribing to Everything Comes Together on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or on the podcast app of your choice. The music for the show was composed by Ashray Harishankar from Escapist Music. Post-production by Tiruvikraman Srinivasaragavan of SNS Arts Development Consultancy and production assistance by Abdul Jilani. You can reach me on Instagram at Srinag or from my website www.srinagpictures.com. I'll be back in two weeks with another fascinating guests who work in photography, architecture or design. Until we meet again, it's goodbye from Mylapur.